0: Trevor and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of April 2021 is once again that time of the month wherein we do our Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, Essentially what this is, is a look at the Calendar month and all of the physical media releases therein. Uh, so that would be April 2021, uh, and physical media would include DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak podcast. How's it going,
1: Brad? You know, it's it's going great. But I think uh, you and I can maybe both quickly acknowledge that uh, it's been a bit of a bit of a rough week for uh, uh, you know home media nerds. Oh, yeah. No, this has been quite
0: the doozy. Uh, So one thing that we tend to do uh, in carrying out these episodes is make liberal reference of the website (laughs) Blu-ray.com, which has a lovely uh, release calendar system that's very easy to peruse. All the titles are laid out in a very clean manner. Uh, However, for the past week or so, Blu-ray.com has been down like badly down uh to the point that they they have like a personalized message that they send out to you if you try to access the website saying oh my god we apologize profusely good god come back to the website i'm like i'm not kidding we're gonna have it back up anytime now um and or uh you also get a security alert if you access it through google chrome which is uh disheartening to say the least
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a rough week. You know, it's like it's like you've got a friend who is like just kind of sick right now, and you just you want him to pull pull together, get through it. Um, I will say, I have noticed that uh, that security thing from Google Chrome. I there has been times like in the past, like a year or two ago, where I've tried to use Blu-ray.com and it was down for maybe just like a couple hours or something. So. You know, it's not like uh, this person's never had like a seasonal allergy for comparing Blu-ray.com to a person. But right now it is, uh, you know, h- like hunkering over the toilet. It's sick. So we uh, we hope it. we wish it a speedy recovery here because I uh, I need it. I need it.
0: <laughs> yeah Brad, brad's gotta has his he had he gotta have his fix yeah uh, new guys in the back puking his guts out right now um <laughs> yeah uh yeah it, it actually kind of is amazing how a, like a website like blu-ray.com being down has actually affected like my daily routines and whatnot like i'll i'll just casually pull up any movie that i think of just at any given moment and to have that that error message <laughs> pop up it's just so dispiriting to, mm-hmm. to like it's it, i've done it at least a dozen times in the past week just because like part of me wants to believe that you know it's it's back up but it just isn't um and it sounded like uh before we started recording that both you and i ran into some like legitimate issues like involving trying to access the website and perhaps like a critical moment
1: <laughs> yeah i mean my issue is potentially one that you might not even realize because i didn't even think about it like i knew blu-ray.com was down but i, I you know that's not going to stop me from buying i still bought a blu-ray and i was going to put it on my new release shelf and with my new release shelf i don't know if i ever mentioned it on on this show but i would i'll take one off to put the new one on so i'll take the one that i'm taking off i'll put it on my permanent shelf and so I went to my My Movies app. It's the My Movies app. It's my My Movies app. And it's operated through Blu-ray.com. And I'm not even thinking. I'm like, yeah, Blu-ray.com is down. Blah, blah. And I go to scan it in. And I can't scan it in. So now if Blu-ray.com doesn't get up and running and get that app up and running, we're going to have a big pile up here. And it's it's going to be bad. And uh, not even thinking. Like I don't even want to think about what would happen if Blu-ray.com goes down for good. Then we are in big trouble
0: <laughs> yeah come on blu-ray.com you have brad in a chief wiggum situation where his ties <laughs> ties caught in the hot dog machine <laughs> this is going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah for for my end of things like i i just had a situation where i was looking at a movie that was very suddenly on sale and like it was almost like a flash sale uh that would be life uh the sci-fi movie not the eddie murphy movie What? uh which is also very, very good. They're both good, if you ask me. Some people would disagree about uh, the sci-fi one, but um, the 4K disc was like 12 bucks or something, I, mm. and I had that movie on my mind. I only watched it the one time I think I rented it, uh, so I just, you know, casually pulled up Blu-ray.com to check like the the scores, and then <clears throat> error message. And I was like, son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, I still ended up buying the thing, but it's just it's just amazing how a simple thing like a website being down can really affect your your daily routines and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny, because it it sounds like maybe we're kind of taking some jabs at Blu-ray.com right now, but both Brad and I are are very reliant on this website. We love it to death. Um, So much so that in looking for a substitute uh, reference website for taking a look at the future release calendar uh, for physical media and stuff, oh my God, we ran across uh, some... Stinky ass websites that uh, they they are jank as fuck, and they do not hold a candle uh, to Blu-ray.com. Which I mean, from a design slash aesthetic standpoint, Blu-ray.com is not gorgeous, like mm-hmm. not nearly, but it is very very functional and very very approachable. Some of these other sites that I'm not even going to name, just just because I don't feel like being that guy, <laughs> sh- shitting on my neighbors and whatnot, um, they they're god awful. Uh, so. Um, long story short, uh, our, our our journey in searching for a potential substitute for Blu-ray.com ended up uh, <laughs> basically uh, r- like resurrecting a zombie version of Blu-ray.com. Uh, so basically what I'm getting at here is instead of using a different website, uh, I took it upon myself to utilize the Wayback Machine uh, to take a look at a, a mirror of uh, like, I think, a, a month a month ago in the blu-ray.com update history so it should be fairly accurate there may be some titles that aren't available just because maybe some last minute ones got slapped into the month of april 2021 um but just for for the reference of anyone listening we are utilizing the wayback machine uh to to continue to utilize blu-ray.com even after it's apparently uh, incapacitated (laughs)
1: so so this is from like maybe a month ago you you said you guesstimate Mm -hmm. okay because I did uh, I do have a few uh, probably not many but I do have a couple uh, things where I'm like "Hmm, I don't see that on there and I'm pretty sure that's coming out this week so I might I'll I'll call those out Um, but you know we're doing the best we can we're doing the best we can
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's why we that's why we pay you the big bucks Brad that's why you're here
1: <laughs> to, to make sure we get this shit right that's why i check vinegar um, syndrome's website six hours a day four days a week <laughs> jesus <laughs> okay that was way that was way uh, too much that was so much it wasn't even funny hey yeah uh, hey.
0: god brad you gotta like i don't know purchase like steak in that company or something yeah, <laughs> like maybe, make that maybe. time worthwhile you may not be the worst investment but um so folks at home normally this would be the part where i tell you if you want to follow along like with the home version of catching up on blu-ray you would pull up blu-ray.com however if you're listening to this uh during the time in which blu-ray.com is down you can't really do that so have fun listening uh and not following along uh so uh, Blu-rays and physical media releases generally occur on Tuesdays of each month, so we'll be calling out the release dates as we talk about these. But uh, looks like uh, we don't have the customary 4K disc uh, coming out on the first release date of April 2021, so that would be April 6th. And uh, the way Blu-ray.com generally organizes these is they place the 4K discs at the at the top of the list here, and I don't see any. Uh, which is kind of curious. Um, I will say this much. April does seem to be a little bit of a thin month uh, for l- releases. Potentially they're holding things back for May or something. That's generally how like theatrical releases work. I'm not so sure about physical media, but uh, our first disc out is a uh, Thundar the Barbarian uh, from 1980 to 1981. And this appears to be a Warner archive collection disc and, um, I'm not familiar with this particular series, but based on the release date in 1981 um, and the, the style of art here, it makes me think it's akin to like a He-Man or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a Hanna-Barbera production, um, or maybe a Rankin-Bass, one of those, but uh, not a series, surprisingly enough, that I'm aware of. And uh, Brad, what jumps out at you next?
1: Um, I would probably say for me, maybe the biggest release of the week um, is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, uh, which I've heard is actually quite funny uh, with uh, Kristen Wiig and um, I forget the other actress's name. She's mainly a writer, Annie Mumolo, M- um, this is taking a little longer to load than uh, Blu-ray.com, uh, Annie, Annie Mumolo, Mumolo um i've heard it's pretty good i haven't watched it yet it was one of those uh premium vod releases so i uh opted to wait for it to drop in price but uh i heard it's quite good and i am assuming kristen wig and her wrote it so if you're a fan of bridesmaids it's probably probably worth checking out i'll be watching that at some point soon
0: gotcha um i hadn't heard of that one either but it's a 2021 release did it did it come out like limited in theaters or anything
1: I don't know if it did come out in theater. I think it might've been only premium VOD. I could be wrong on that, um, but I don't really It's certainly not near me. I don't think I remember, because I still, even though I haven't been to the theaters since a wrong turn, uh, I still like just like checking them just to see what they have around here. And I, uh, I don't think it came to theaters around me. So I think it might've only been a VOD release.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised I haven't heard of this. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a, 2021 release and it's got Kristen wig and uh yeah it's kind of surprising it didn't hit my radar but um <clears throat> beside that uh we have uh multiple releases uh, one appears to be a steelbook probably like a best buy exclusive or something uh for earwig and the witch uh, which was a 2020 uh, studio ghibli release um i actually haven't heard that much great about this to be honest yeah um, which is a little bit of a shame, but somewhat to be expected, given that this is the studio's first uh, CG animated film. Uh, it's actually kind of shocking and almost like sacrilege in some ways to think of, because Studio Ghibli has always been uh, noteworthy for, for adhering to the, the, the paint and traditional, anima- like, cell animation technique uh, for their animation. Um, so for them to make this transition really tells us like where we're at when it comes to animated productions, that this is, I guess, the, the way of the future. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I haven't heard a whole lot good about it, unfortunately. Um, but like I said, first time, first time at bat for a totally new medium, it stands to reason that maybe there will be some bumps in the road. Um, and I'm not exactly in a hurry to see it either. Uh, but beside that, we have an arrow release of what looks like uh, some good old-fashioned trash cinema. Uh, Death Has Blue Eyes from 1976. Uh, I kind of love that cover, though. Uh, something that is a about nice cover. Yeah, you know, the arrangement of it uh, with the eye center stage. Um, it, it's actually kind of striking. I kind of like that. Um, and below that, uh, Brad, I don't know if you covered this for your show. I don't think you did, but uh, we have a 2020 release. Uh, Shadow in the Cloud. Um, did you guys talk about this on the Cinema Speak?
1: No, we didn't. I was curious about this because. Uh, correct me if I'm. Do you know what this is about? Uh, I do. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's she's like a. Is it? I don't know if it's World War Two, World War One, or what. There's some future. Maybe it's an alternate reality. I don't know. Because, but she's a fighter pilot or whatever. Um, I guess it wouldn't really make sense for her being World War Two, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it like there's some like uh monster thing in the cloud <laughs> it's, it's the shadow in the cloud
0: yeah it, it sounded right up my alley it actually part of it made me think of like uh we we actually have had a decent string of these kinds of movies and this is me reaching because i actually haven't seen it so i can't make a fair comparison between these but uh like crawl and the shadow mm-hmm. uh, the shallows rather where it's you know isolated uh female protagonist uh, some sort of monster that is present throughout the entirety of the film. Um, sounds like the same kind of thing in my mind, but I, I, I heard mostly good things. Like it's, it is trashy, but it kind of knows it. So it has fun yeah. with it. Um. But just the, the premise is really cool. Cause I, I believe it takes place in world war II, and I don't think she's a pilot, but it takes place on like a, maybe a B 17, some, some sort of bomber, okay, uh, like a prop prop driven, very large aircraft um and i believe it is world war ii and it sounds like uh that that famous twilight zone episode slash the the segment in the twilight zone film with john lithgow the gremlin on the airplane it sounds like that Ooh. except for during a war um and on that same note it also makes me think a little bit of that segment from a uh, heavy metal um where it's like all the all the people in the bomber gradually become zombified and until there's just like one guy left and he has to like bail from the aircraft it's a really good sequence if you haven't seen heavy metal um but yeah i actually have a decent amount of hype for this um i don't expect it to be mind-blowing i don't expect it to be at like a, an incredible monster move or anything but hey it, it's i know for a fact it has a fucking monster <laughs> and you know, if it takes place on a on a B seventeen or some sort of bomber aircraft, that's something I haven't seen before, so I'm down.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it sounds fun. I'm down for any sort of uh you know, anything with a monster or creature I'm usually into. Um, and I heard like not amazing things, but I heard halfway decent things about it. So, you know, be one thing if it was getting like just trash reviews, but there's at least some positivity out there. And since I'm already kinda like predisposed to like these movies, it's a good chance that i will get something out of it so yeah i do want to check this out at some point
0: yeah no i i don't know if i would blind buy this but i might rent it
1: could be an itunes 99 cent rental that would be that i think that's this is like the prime 99 cent itunes rental right here that's the ticket
0: (laughs) (laughs) um beside that we have a release of uh a 2001 film called
1: sleepless uh do you know this one brad Only that it was directed by uh, Dario Argento, um, and uh, not much else. That's about all I know. I mean, it's certainly, it's from, what, early 2000s, I believe, so, you know, you're not in your prime Argento uh, there, but I do love him, and I love his films, so even his, I guess I haven't really gotten much into his, like, really trash, more recent output, so the part of me is curious to go through those right now. I've kind of, you know, been sticking to the caviar of his filmography. I really got to get into it with some of the, you know, the expired Cheetos and the stale potato chips that he did later on in life. Um, but yeah, I think it's from Scorpion releasing. I actually haven't heard much about this release, um, but, you know, I'm marginally curious to see it at some point.
0: Yeah. It sounds like something you could, safely put on the back burner if you're going to go through his his catalog because mm-hmm. um, it sounds like we've heard the same things about some of his later films um but yeah i, I hadn't heard of this one so this is news to me but uh, beside that we have a 1919 production uh Ooh. called the delicious little devil and this is a kino lorber release uh i kind of dig the cover and that is quite the title especially for 1919 um damn that is an old ass film <laughs> I know nothing about it, but Kino have have a pretty good reputation for putting out some handsome discs. So yeah, if you to watch,
1: they put out a lot of, you know, really old films from that era as well. So there must be there must be people buying them. Like, I don't think I've ever bought um, anything that long ago from them. I, need, I, I could check my Blu-ray.com app and tell you what the oldest movie in my collection is, but it's down. So I'll get back to you on that one hey caddy caddy Jeez, um yeah i
0: part part of kino's reputation is uh is that of like a film preservation organization Mm -hmm. so it, it would make sense that they would specialize kind of in antiquated films um and i mean that's at the end of the day that that is increasingly becoming like a justification for getting into physical media is that I, even in just the past couple of years we've been seeing situations where holy shit there are some things that may completely disappear if if they aren't preserved in some fashion like um i don't i don't know if this is at all relevant to you but recently uh, sony announced that the uh, the playstation store uh for the playstation 3 uh and the vita are are going to evaporate basically mm-hmm. all so there are many exclusive products to both of those platforms that will just cease to exist. Um, and like, nothing is meant to last forever, but at the same time, because of the digital age and what that means for the endless possibilities, um, it it becomes increasingly difficult to digest that concept where it, it feels like unjustifiable. It's like, how could you just let something disappear forever? It's like it seems like we're we're better than that. Like we 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 found a way to get around that. But um, it's kind of cool though that that we have guys like Kino that uh keep these things afloat. But you got uh, now them. for yeah now for something completely different though. Uh, we <laughs> we have the release of Blast Fighter from 1984. Uh, this is a Code Red disc. Uh, I don't know them by uh reputation, um. But this, this appears to be an extremely Italian film. Uh, I'll tell you that much just based on the cover art. Uh, and it also looks like something I would probably watch and enjoy. <laughs>
1: but I'm not about to buy it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was going to say this screams you. Yeah, I got to say this just <laughs> seems like. <laughs> well, it would be the kind of thing that if if
0: one of my friends or somebody like handed me this, this Blast Fighter disc, I'd be like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is, but sure. It fits right in with the rest of the collection. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll uh, I'll pass the baton to you, Brad. Uh, what what jumps out at you for uh, the rest of uh, April 6th?
1: I mean, the only other thing that jumps out at me is another Kino release, uh, The Man in Search of His Murderer. Um, and that's another oldie. An oldie but a goodie, I'm sure. This one's not quite as old, 1931. Um, uh, apparently written by Billy Wilder I'm seeing here, so there you go. Um, I don't know anything about it, but, you know, it's Kino, so we gotta, you know, throw Kino a little bone there, um, but that's about it, that's, I mean, other than that, there's some anime stuff, which, uh, I certainly am not qualified to comment on, I don't know if any of those pop out to you, but, uh, one and a half of those is hentai,
0: and I try, <laughs> try very hard to stay away from that, especially when I'm talking, you know, in a public space, <laughs> i.e. a podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, folks at home, if you're not aware, if you've never listened to a Catching Up on Blu-ray episode, generally we tend to gloss over anime release- releases uh, just because there's so goddamn many of them from week to week and month to month. Um, However, I don't completely gloss over the genre. Um, I I did have my time when I was immersed in that world. Um, Only problem with that is that I've been out of the game for so long that I don't really really have a good understanding of what's important and what's not. So uh, if we skip over your favorite anime of all time, uh, sorry. (laughs) But um, one release here that I will uh, point out, I'm not going to spotlight it because I don't expect it will be any good, um, is a Skyfire from 2019 um, this is a Chinese like disaster blockbuster um, and there's a there's an awful there's an awful lot of Chinese blockbusters that have fire in the title like I can't remember exactly what what they're all called but it's like city on fire and prison on fire and Skyfire <laughs> and like and there's at least two or two more there on the tip of my tongue but I can't think of it but I think Jason Isaacs is in this one it, it's I think the disaster in this one is some billionaire or something builds, like, a resort on a fucking volcano. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And it's. uh, I don't know if there's, like, a a good and evil subplot in there where it's, like, a um, firestorm. Where it's not only do we have to deal with Mother Nature setting itself on fire, we also have to fight uh, William Forsyth because he's a bad guy. And uh, uh, Howie Long, I think, was our hero in that one. Um, Speaking of which, Brad... Uh, what's the name of that Angelina Jolie movie? It's a Taylor Sheridan movie. It's, yeah. it's coming out very soon.
1: Something Those Who Wish Me Those Dead. Those Who Wish
0: Me Dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry, but when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, Firestorm? <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm guessing I'm one of the the handful of people on the planet that remember and have seen Firestorm. But, but everything about the early goings of that trailer, I was like this is just Firestorm, but yeah, with Angelina yeah. Jolie instead of a retired football player. <laughs> but, um, but then my brother actually pointed out to me, like, I saw that trailer and I completely just wrote it off. I was like, I don't need another Firestorm. But then my brother pointed out to me, it's like, dude, that's that's a Taylor Sheridan film. And I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, 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 the Hell or High Water guy? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So now I, now I have a reason to watch it. And actually, I totally would already, just because it's, you know, it looks like any one of those uh, people of advanced age uh, seeking vengeance on, on bad people movies that mm-hmm. we've been just, like, we've been getting stuff down our throats for a couple decades now. Pretty much since Taken, honestly. <laughs> I, and I, I eat those up. Like, I, I do rent a lot of those movies. So I would totally watch it, but... Um, now that I know he's involved, adds a whole another layer to things.
1: Yeah, he's definitely the main reason I'm looking forward to it. It is a an HBO Max theatrical one, correct? Or am I? Uh, uh, that's crazy? my understanding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I'm gonna watch it no matter what. I mean, come on, it could be, could be dog shit. I'd still watch it. You gotta watch all of those things. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, HBO Max kind of has that uh, front page of Netflix thing going for them, except for with the added bonus of, oh, hey, these movies actually have money and talent backing them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I know that's that's, uh, really done some people dirty with Netflix. Like, I've never actually had Netflix, so I don't know what this feels like. But I've heard some pretty silly stories of like, Something being thrown up on the front page and then everybody watching it and they're like, well, what the fuck was that? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it'll be like, I can't think of an example, but like. Bird Box. Yeah. Well, it's, it'll, <laughs> I was going to say like, it'll be like, uh, you know, Mank or The Irishman, like an actual movie with like a big director behind it. And then you go to watch it. The date comes out and they still haven't updated their like top pick. And so you're like, you got to like actually search for it. And it's like, this is a Martin Scorsese picture. Come on. It should be right in my face. But, uh, should be, yeah. should be. Now, maybe that one was, I, I don't know if that was the specific example, but there's been a few times where I'm like, how is that not the first thing that pops up when, why is Ginny in Georgia season one? The first thing that pops up, am I watching tr- trash like that? And they think I'm going to like that. Uh, God, not <laughs> unless my girlfriend took over my Netflix account or something. Jeez.
0: Speaking of girlfriends, Brad, you don't have to answer if you're uncomfortable. But uh, Christmas Prince, how many of them have you seen?
1: I have. I can say I've seen zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how many have you seen? Uh, zero. Oh, okay, uh, okay. However,
0: I I know some people who yeah. have. You know. You know. There there's a there's a balance of power where it's like you know if I if I'm gonna make you watch seven. I guess I got to watch Christmas Prince. And if, I, if I'm if I going to make you watch Zodiac, I guess I got to watch
1: Christmas Prince too. <laughs> I have all the power. <laughs> no, you have
0: all the power, Brad?
1: <laughs> no, we watched um, Santa Claus 3 last Christmas. That was my, uh, oh, God, are we really going to watch this? But I was like, hey, you know, I saw the first two Santa Clauses, and I never saw this one, so I wasn't, like, totally against it. I was just like, this is going to be really bad. But I still was like, well, at least I can say I've seen it.
0: So. I mean, I, I like Martin Short. I haven't seen the movie, but that, oh, that poster artist is absolutely terrifying.
1: He's bad. Uh, it's <laughs> real bad. <laughs>
0: oh, shit. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, as far as uh, Martin Short and Tim, uh, Tim Allen, I almost yeah. said Tim Curry. Jesus. <laughs> um, as far as those collabs go, I think my favorite, and I don't know how many there have been, so it's maybe just the two, was uh, Jungle to Jungle. Mm, that's right, um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it you know, that's that's relationships, Brad. You gotta compromise. You gotta meet halfway. Oh yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. yeah Except when Christmas Prince is involved. Then you can then you
1: can be salty all you like. <laughs> yeah, I would I would well, that'd be my veto. If I got a veto per year <laughs> it would be for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I should check if that's the arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully I, I don't have that particular arrangement. I've never been asked to, to watch good. those. But good. Um Let's move on to the next week, and uh, Brad, I'll let you kick things off. Uh, what's what's uh, what's a title from April thirteenth uh, that jumps out at you?
1: Well, I think we got to mention uh, Spaceballs 4K. Um, very exciting. Uh, I have not gotten this one yet, but it is a Kino release. Um, I can't vouch for picture quality or anything like that because uh, Blu-ray.com is down. But <laughs> <laughs> not sure if we mentioned that, but <laughs> just saying. <laughs> But um, no, I actually, I I don't love Spaceballs, but I do really like Spaceballs, and it's been quite a while since I've seen it. I don't think I even own it on Blu-ray, so this will be a perfect upgrade for me, so I'm uh, I'm excited to pick this up.
0: Yeah, uh, this is a Kino disc, I believe. That's surprising. I wouldn't expect that, that just doesn't compute in my brain. This seems a little lowbrow for what I expect from Kino, but they seem to be kind of all over the map these days, but um i absolutely love this movie i know it's not often regarded as one of the truly exceptional mel brooks films uh but i really like this one um I, I watched this one quite a bit when i was like 12 13 around there uh probably around the same time i was also watching like austin powers and stuff but i i really miss the the brooksian style of comedy uh, it's sorely missing like, I, I, I really, honestly, haven't really gone out of my way to watch a comedy in ages. Um, I mean, there's some stuff from, like, the early 2000s, like, when Will Ferrell was, you know, when he was hot. When he was really firing on all cylinders. But kind of after that, I've, I've really just not cared, honestly. And I think a lot of it is just, like, we, we get, like, two different ends of the spectrum now when it comes to comedies. There's, like, the full fucking dumb where it's like this is this is indigestible. Like this is just so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's like I can't find this funny because I feel like I'm hurting myself watching it. Mm-hmm. And then the other end of it is where it's like comedy and name only, where it's like it's funny, but it. There's a reason I really really like Seinfeld for my sitcom, and that's because it has not a serious bone in its body. It doesn't have those Rachel and Ross moments where. Oh, now it get now now it turns into a rom com for half an episode, and we have to like feel things. It's like no, just be fucking be fucking funny, <laughs> like, just just be fucking funny and don't insult my intelligence. It's not so much to ask, but but no, we we get a lot of these kind of like heavier kind of dramatic movies that also happen to be funny. It's like eh, where's my Tommy Boy? And I mean Tommy Boy made you feel things too, but in between all that, big laughs.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if part of it has something to do with like YouTube and just the internet age where it's almost like, you know, they feel like we can't get the young people to like, you know, if the average young person would rather just watch, uh, nine, 10 minute YouTube videos versus one 90 minute comedy. So we're not even going to try and just be like a straight up comedy. We'll try and go for something a little more, uh, potentially serious with some comedy in it. And I don't know. It I kind of agree. It just seems like comedy has been dead for the last five, six, who knows how long years. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll come back. Everything comes back.
0: No, it, it'll come back. And I'm just grumbling. Like I, I'm i being very, 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 very hyperbolic right now. There have been good comedies. It's just my enthusiasm for the genre has, has waned in recent years, but Oh, all i'm really getting at here is that i i miss like the zucker brothers and like the the mel brooks style of humor where it's like a gag every every minute it's very clever when it needs to be very dumb when it needs to be um and it's overall just a very silly product and i, I kind of miss that a lot but um moving on i'm, I'm probably not going to buy that on 4k but it does make me want to rewatch it if if that counts for something but Um, Moving on, we have uh, another Warner Archive film, Quick Change, from 1990, starring Bill Murray, Gina Davis, Randy Quaid, and Jason Robards. Uh, Do you know this one, Brett?
1: I know it a little bit. I think Bill Murray—I don't know if he was actually credited as a director, because I think there might be actually two directors on this. So it might have been like he was sort of like a ghost director in a way. Um, So I kind of know it because of that and just the basic premise. And I don't know if it was like a box office bomb or a critical bomb, but obviously— uh, even with a pretty solid cast, it has not really stood up with a lot of his other films in people's minds. So I'm quite curious to check it out. Cause the premise is pretty great. It's something w- they're bank robbers. I want to say, and they're trying to escape or something and they're dressed as clowns. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, Bill Murray is a bank robber. Sounds amazing. So I do, uh, I do want to check this one out.
0: I think that's him in the clown suit on the cover too. Yeah. So, um, I think I've seen some stills and, like, some gifs from this movie, but I never knew what it was. Um, I actually would be anxious to check this out, too. Um, beside that, we have The Wildlife from 1984, which is uh, interesting cast. Uh, I think we got Chris Penn. Uh, Cameron Crowe is listed as production staff. Uh, I think Eric Stoltz is in there as well. Um, I'm saying the phrase, I think, a lot because... Blu-ray.com is down, and the Wayback (laughs) Machine is a little slow. (laughs) Yes, yes. Not not salty, not salty at all. And uh, Leah Thompson and Rick Moranis as well. So many many people I like, and some people I'm indifferent to. But um, we also have another Mel Brooks release, uh, The Producers from 1968. Uh, That's a fun one. I I actually would like to revisit that one as well. Yeah. Um, It's been been a minute. And this is also a Kino disc. Um, so I'm sure it's a handsome package on top of that Uh, we have our first criterion of the month and that would be history is made at night from 1937 and the cover makes me think Titanic but it is not the Titanic I don't believe Um, but yeah I am not aware of this film uh, but as we tend to say on catching up on blu-ray if it is a criterion it is likely worth your time Uh, and now for something completely different Uh, just below that we have Willy's Wonderland starring Nicolas Cage from the year 2020. Um I have heard some shit about this film. Yeah. Um this this movie seemed like it was aggressively marketed on the premise of Nicolas Cage is is goofy LOL. Um and everything I've heard about the actual product is like yeah there's like 2 minutes of that and then it's a whole bunch of bad filmmaking in between. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that people, like friends of mine, were sending me links to the trailer for as soon as it dropped, and I was just rolling my eyes, like, mm, th- I don't think this is the Nick Cage you want. Like, like there, there's still plenty of good Cage to go around, but this stinks of something wrong. And sure enough, the reviews started coming out, and it's like. Mm. What have you heard about it, Brad?
1: Uh, yeah, but basically the same thing that it's terrible. Um, which I I actually was looking forward to it because I think the premise could have been good. I mean, it's basically you know just Five Nights at Freddy's, but with Nicolas Cage as the lead. I think that alone sounds like I could be down for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's unfortunate that it seems to be pretty much universally panned. Um, and it's also just a classic thing of Hollywood trying to make a movie out of something that was popular like four or five years ago and it's like you know they just announced uh this is just reminding me of this they announced who's going to be playing joe exotic in the tiger king tv series and it's like who i mean i know it was only a year ago but that ship has sailed like i'm sorry <laughs> that is done
0: <laughs> yeah uh, that i that's how fast things move like you said with the the internet and whatnot uh Shit moves fast, Mm -hmm. uh, and filmmaking is kind of a slow process as compared to, you know, your 24-hour news cycle and whatnot. Um, Who is it, by the way, that is going to be playing Joe Exotic?
1: It wasn't a name I knew. He'd been in some stuff I recognized. He did, I mean, it did look like pretty good casting, honestly, but, I mean, who's going to care? I think it's coming to, like, Peacock or something, so we'll never know how bad it bombs, but it's, who cares? (laughs)
0: Hey, man, they tricked me into getting Peacock for a few months. Oh, well. Uh, because the WWE moved to Peacock right when WrestleMania season was coming along. And I don't know if I've disclosed this on the podcast before, but I have an annual tradition where I, I get the WWE Network. I hate saying WWE, by the way. <laughs> it's, it, I miss that F so much, that yeah. aggressive F. <laughs> but anyway, I, I get the WD, WWE Network. Uh, once a year for like one month and i very quickly cancel it just so i can watch wrestlemania and check it, check in on the kids basically like see what the kids are watching and shit all over it because i'm a grumpy old man <laughs> but uh right before wrestlemania this year which did occur this month by the way um they announced that the entire wwe network was like migrating to peacock um, it just so happened that they were offering the normal like one-month price for WWE Network for four months of Peacock. And I was like, well, shit, I guess like, I have Peacock now. <laughs> so I, I haven't yeah. used it for anything. In fact, I still haven't even finished WrestleMania. But um, I have Peacock for four months, and you better yeah. believe I'm going to be like, right on top of that and canceling it on time.
1: Yeah, don't forget, um, they do have a John Wayne Gacy show if you want to learn about John Wayne Gacy. Um, it's about the only original... Th- on there that i know of uh yeah yeah
0: yeah i i really haven't even bothered to look it's like i have this for four months and i have no intention of, <laughs> of using it at all except for maybe watching some old wrestling from when i was a kid or something but yeah. it, it's basically the wrestling network from my perspective <laughs> um man beside willie's wonderland which i will not be watching um although while i was a while I was like reading reviews for it that spoiler heavy reviews because I don't give two shits about this movie, I caught myself thinking like, oh wow, actually it's like what Brad was saying about the premise, it's like there there was material here. They just were apparently too lazy or, or just didn't see it, like didn't see the the paths that you could take things down. So there were possibilities to make something good with it, but I, I guess they just opted not to. Um, sometimes that happens, but um, beside that, we have what appears to be Ken Burns's baseball night. Um, um, I believe that's that's what. Yeah, it is. Um, again, Blu-ray.com is down. I can't enlarge photos, so I have to use my. I have to put on my thinking cap and look at the the style of imaging and just be like, hmm, that looks like Ken Burns. I'm going to assume it's Ken Burns. And yeah. it is. <laughs> and if it looks like Ken's
1: Burns and it's very long, then 99% of the time it's going to be Ken Burns. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah. No. I, hey, man, I, I deduced that. I didn't actually,
1: I couldn't actually read that shit because my eyes are crap. Don't get burned by good old Ken, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have Ken
0: Burns' Baseball, fully restored and in HD from 1994 to 2010. Jesus Christ. Um, beside that, we have something called Dynasty 3D from 1977. Um, this is uh, a Kino disc of all fucking. Th- like I said, these Kino folks are all over the fucking map because this looks to be a. I don't know doesn't appear to be a, like a high quality chinese film but uh, it's certainly a chinese production uh, and it's in 3d uh, maybe it comes with glasses maybe it doesn't um and we have an, an oddball release of finding Forrester from the year 2000 which is more than likely uh, trying to cash in on the recent death of uh one sean connery not the, not the not the movie that i would put out to capitalize on that although maybe maybe uh maybe for diversity points or something it's also about a, a young black man trying to make it in academia so you get sean dead points and diversity points there you go. <laughs> in releasing a 21 year old film cool um so that we have north shore from 1987 with uh nia peoples uh, who I, I believe is a relation to uh, the van peoples uh, like the mario van peoples um I think she was in uh, Deep Star 6, if memory serves, um, with the giant crab monster. Uh, Miguel Ferrer is the best part of that movie, if you ask me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, that, that's a fun one, uh, folks at home, if you haven't seen Deep Star 6. It's not amazing, but it gets the job done. Um, and it does have gore plenty uh, from time to time. Not, not, it's not like a total splatterfest, but you get some cool kills in there. But uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, Brad. Uh, what jumps out at you next?
1: I'm going to go jump into uh, this one, you know, still got that Shudder subscription going strong. It's been another month. Um, Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Now, um, of course, I have my Shudder subscription. I said I was going to keep it and I'm not going to unsubscribe till I watch this movie. Still have not watched it. I think it came out in December or November. So definitely taking my time with this one. But Uh, I actually love William Friedkin. I haven't seen that many of his movies admittedly, but like him as an interview subject, he is amazing. He is so like, just like says whatever he wants. Just like, you never know, like ridiculous at times. I love listening to him talk. Um, and I've actually heard this is a pretty good documentary as well. Um, and some interesting stuff and I love the exorcist. So this is one I Definitely will be checking out before I uh, unsubscribe from Shudder, which actually just uh, automatically subscribed today. Actually, like an hour before we started recording, I got the uh, the uh, message that I would auto-subscribe. So there you go.
0: So I'm picturing Brad constantly re-load, re-reloading the Blu-ray.com website, and then he gets that ping in his email, and he's like, well shit (laughs) totally missed that (laughs) i guess i have shutter for another month yeah that's how it goes Uh, (laughs) yeah um i've seen some interviews with him and uh in particular conversations with is it william peter platty that Mm -hmm. wrote the exorcist um and i think he also directed the third film if memory serves the conversations between the two of them are really great. Like they seem like an old couple almost. Like they've known each other their whole lives, and they're they're able to take like jabs at each other, and like they they seem to have some sort of uh, special understanding between the two of them. Um, and I think it's appropriate that this is regarded as a good documentary because if memory serves, Fried can is a documentarian like that's part yeah. of his background as a filmmaker so if, if you're going to be interviewing the man you better have your shit right <laughs>
1: like, I, I don't um, know if i uh if i ever told you but this was a while ago now i had uh i got william friedkin to tweet at me
0: <laughs> i i was not aware of that brad do do tell
1: it was just like i don't know why i think i just seen he was replying to some people like randomly i was like let me tweet at william friedkin you know he's like i don't want to call him like a c-list or d-list celebrity but he's like you know not like a big star or anything you know he's got like how many thousand followers on twitter or whatever so i tweeted at him and i said uh william friedkin will you ever uh consider doing a sequel to killer joe and he responds pretty quickly too he must have just been on twitter and first of all my twitter account uh the personal one is b rad faraday and he said yes Brad faraday he spelled it Bayrad. He said, Yes, Barad Faraday, I will consider it, but not as a true sequel, only as a continuation of the character. Whatever that means.
0: Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> and <laughs> he still has not
1: done it. And I get I was uh that had to be at least five years ago at this point, so
0: Yeah, um I actually I don't have a shutter account, however I am interested in checking this out. Although I think I'd be more interested in just a straightforward documentary about the man and his entire filmography, Mm -hmm. because he seems like an interesting guy. And uh, I've mentioned it a few times. I I took it upon myself to finally pull the trigger on Sorcerer uh, maybe a year ago and... If, if you didn't respect the man already, like after having seen that, it's like, yeah, this guy's a fucking filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I would be much more interested in just like a straightforward documentary about his entire filmography, but I'm sure there are some interesting stories that he could tell from his perspective about the exorcist. There's too many fucking stories about that production, like not taken from the man's lips himself. Um, so I'd be more interested to hear his perspective in particular. So it's probably still worth a watch for me. But yeah, you should definitely uh, get on that, Brad. It's it's certified fresh.
1: <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> must be
0: good. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to skip on down because uh, a lot of not so great covers here. Not sure what these are, but um, I'm curious what this is. Uh, September 30th, 1955, which is – that's the title of the film – and it came out in 1977 and looks like it's a scorpion release film um and follows the effect of james dean's death on on a circle of friends in a small arkansas town uh uh not for me (laughs) i'll just say that much um i'm sure it's i'm sure it's good uh but yeah not for me um one title that jumps out at me is because um, I actually brought this up on our Shin Gojira uh, review just last month. Um, this is uh, Fukushima 50 from 2020. Uh, this is a film uh, about the uh, was it the the Daiichi uh, nuclear reactor meltdown? Uh, I think they had multiple meltdowns actually, and um, this was from the earthquake and the subsequent tsunami that they had in Japan. Uh, I think 10 years ago, basically almost like to the day uh, when we record that episode. Uh, this is a movie about uh, the events that unfolded. I would imagine similar to like a, a Chernobyl. However, the just the being as it's recent history, I, I I would imagine the intensity level would maybe be dialed back a bit as with the, the really harsh political commentary uh, that Chernobyl had. I don't imagine the Japanese government would be, ultra keen on on going into details about something that happened only a decade ago i mean it's a big deal it's an international incident mm-hmm. um and and we're still seeing some issues uh, come about as a result of it but uh this is a film i would very much like to see um i didn't know it was getting a western release so soon because um, i was reading about it like japanese film festivals but um yeah this one's been on my list for a
1: while so i'll definitely check it out yeah and um. Uh, Anything else uh, jumping out at you for this week, Brad? I mean, there's another Ken Burns documentary, Hemingway, um, but I'm only bringing that up because we mentioned him already. Um, that's about Let's all, talk. I think.
0: It's a 2021 release. It's worth pointing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh,
1: But yeah, the rest of it
0: looks uh, kind of sketch. I don't, I don't see a need to bring up Killer Piñata. From 2015, although I just did so, shit. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's bop on down to the next week then. So this would be April 20th, and we open with a Criterion release of uh, "Memories of Murder" from 2003. Uh, this appears to be a Korean film. I'm, I'm actually not familiar with this one, but oh. it is a Bong Joon Ho film. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is one that should probably be on everybody's radar, um, especially mine. Um, and this one. Uh, beside it, also a criterion release, uh, The Furies from 1950. Is this one known to you, Brad?
1: The Furies is not, um, but definitely Memories of Murder is one I've been wanting to see for a while because, um, you know, when Parasite came out and everyone was going uh, crazy for Bong Jun Ho, uh, and I was going crazy for him as well, I was like looking to go through and watch his films. Um, and this was the one that a lot of people had as like his best. Up until that point, like, I don't know if people now would say Parasite is universally considered as best or not, but this one, I think, is definitely up there. People love it, and uh, I'm very excited to check it out. I think Criterion was pretty smart. I think they announced this for Blu-ray kind of right when the Parasite hype train was like reaching intensity. They said, hey, by the way, we're releasing uh, Memories of Murder, so don't watch it uh, now. Wait until we come out with it. And I was like, all right, I'll wait. <laughs> so I waited, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking this up in the next sale. Okay. Well,
0: it's certainly on my radar now, so maybe I'll have to check this one out as well. Um, but yeah, The Furies is not known to me, but again, Criterion, probably worth your time. Uh, We also have a couple of Warner Archive releases in the form of Dr. X from 1932 and Another Thin Man from 1939. Uh, We also have Switchblade Sisters
1: from Arrow. Uh, Not a big fan of that cover art, to be honest. It's a little loud. Yeah. Kind of looks like somebody had grape soda, threw up all over it. (laughs) Couldn't have said it better, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we all have a whole
0: bunch of other uh, Warner Archive releases, none of which really jump out at me although Fred Astaire hey um and James Cagney and each dawn I die from 1939 uh Mm -hmm. and a curious release here uh we have the best of Mickey collection from 1928 to 2013 the reason I say this is kind of curious is that I I seem to recall some like rumblings in the past year or so of Disney kind of trying to pull away from the physical media industry like did you hear anything about anything like that Brad?
1: Well, yeah, a lot of people were kind of wondering that with their Disney Plus service launching. Now, I didn't know this was a part of it, but I did just see they announced... Um, what is the name of the movie? I forget what the movie... Um, but they announced they have a movie coming out for Disney Movie Club exclusive, which apparently they are bringing back. I don't know if it was ever gone. I don't know. I I never followed that, but I saw in the uh, home video boutique forums that i'm spending 90% of my work day in now the blu-ray.com is down uh there was an like not like the not the black cauldron like another one of those animated movies that were kind of like f- for kids but a little darker at that time was it i can't even remember was it sword in the stone maybe i can't remember but um it I mean, was announced th- for those blu-ray were-
0: yeah, those were of the same era black cauldrons interesting because that was one that was a massive failure for them but mm-hmm. because of that mystique surrounding it because it didn't do well like i think it started to find like an audience in recent days mm-hmm. but huh i wasn't aware of this uh movie club situation but i'm starting to notice a trend with seemingly every product rollout these days um exclusivity creates value um, rarity creates value and I'm starting to notice more and more and more even from major corporations that offer you know global products and whatnot um, limited edition products um, and being as you know the, the physical media industry is in danger of you know evaporating at some point just because it's probably not cost effective to you know print and distribute discs uh, especially distribution um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's how they're gonna do things moving forward, where it's like you you can get this shit on a disc, but you're gonna pay out the nose for it, or we're going to print very few of them and you guys are gonna have to fight over it. Um, so maybe maybe this is like a sign of the future, because yeah, I am seeing that uh that imprint on the bottom left corner of the cover art here, like Disney Movie Club exclusive.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: This is Troublesome Brad. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't in... I'm trying to search for that post and come up with the movie, but I'm telling you, uh, the Home Video Boutique, highly recommend getting in, especially for the guy who poses with... uh, He poses with all his uh, new purchases with his shirt off. Always a highlight, and all the people commenting, like, why do you do this? (laughs) It's amazing.
0: (laughs) It's It's his lifelong art project
1: he's like i used to just pose with them and then one day i didn't have a shirt on and now i just always don't have a shirt on
0: (laughs) i love the logic it's a very logical progression (laughs) Uh, so beside that we have a shutter original so um, being as brad is the only one of the two of us who has a shutter subscription um, the mortuary collection from 2019 Um, have you checked this one out
1: yeah, I'm going to have to take a pass on this one. I don't I don't really know uh, much about it. Um, I got to say, because honestly, the title is throwing me off. The Mortuary Collection, it makes it seem like it's like a series or a series of films, and it, it is just one film. So I'm not crazy about that title, because I feel like I might have seen it on Shudder and just assumed that it was a, sh- a series, and so I just didn't even bother looking into it. Because usually at least... Uh, I try and keep somewhat up-to-date on the Shutter exclusives because I'm like, maybe I'll, you know, watch something and get some money wor- money's worth out of this subscription. But, yeah, I, I, I really don't know anything about this one.
0: Okay, well, I'm looking at the cover art. All that time you were talking, Brad, I was loading the image, by the way. Uh, Blu-ray.com is
1: down, folks.
0: Uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a sadness. Just, just a friendly reminder. Um, and it looks like the... Uh, whole quote on the cover here says a twisted tapestry of grizzly fun and there's a couple of thumbnails in every corner of the cover uh, that makes me suspect that this may be an anthology collection which is funny because both brad and i were talking about anthologies uh, just before we started recording um so maybe worth a look i don't recognize anyone in the cast although clancy brown is in there and i'm a big fan
1: of mr mr krabs i uh I do have an update on that Disney uh, release. Um, I don't remember what movies I said before, but did I, did I say The Black Cauldron?
0: That was the first one you did. Yeah, It,
1: it is The Black Cauldron, a Disney movie club exclusive coming out on May 4th. Um, so there you go. Huge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm picturing like uh, Walt Disney or one of his kids or something spinning in their grave and being... Or not spinning in their grave, but just like... Kind of like rubbing their hands together and being like, yes, we will recoup our losses from the Black Cauldron from, what, like 1983
1: or some shit? (laughs) I tell you, if you are a big enough company, I swear every movie that bombs you will break even on eventually. Just come out. Just keep re-releasing it. People will buy it. Just keep re-releasing it. Sell it to as many streaming services john John carter's coming back kids (laughs) john carter steelbook john carter 4k john carter from arrow from Kino. just keep putting it out there (laughs) somebody will buy it uh
0: some lonely housewife will want to see what's his face shirtless for two hours in a cgi environment oh taylor kitsch is it taylor kitsch i I always say i always say hitch i I I believe it's kitsch yeah yeah Uh, uh Speaking of which, he was in uh, American Assassin, which uh, is in my top three, I think, worst movies I own. (laughs) Not a big fan of that, man. (laughs) I'm scared (laughs) to think of those other two. Uh, Yeah, uh, I got some stinkers on there for sure. Uh, It's hard for me to say if Bone Sickness is in the top three, Mm -hmm. because Bone Sickness is special. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah because i don't know i don't know if five people on this planet have
1: seen bone sickness so. i just i cannot wait because i i swear i can feel it that it's coming when vinegar syndrome announces they're putting out a collector's edition of bone sickness i it is going to be the best day ever I'm... <laughs> yeah it's either it's
0: either going to be them or was it the american genre film Archive? yeah yeah
1: that could be more up their alley yeah yeah
0: yeah, I'm waiting for it. Like I, I've said it, I, I committed to it. If mm-hmm. they, if somebody does distribute a Blu-ray of Bone Sickness,
1: I'm buying that shit. Oh, I'll buy it too, just because we've talked about it so much. Instant buy. <laughs> if anybody out there from Agfa or Vinegar Syndrome is listening, instant buy for me.
0: Yeah, the, the, maybe that'll recoup their losses right there. Just two yeah. idiots on the internet yeah, I'm <laughs> buying a disc, an overpriced disc of Bone Sickness. Like um. I'll let you decide what to talk about next, Brad. What's what's jumping out at you here?
1: Uh, I'll just real quick mention uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, um, which I like. Dave Chappelle, I'm not like a, the biggest fan of him, but the reason that I would like to check this film out—I've never seen it—is it is directed by uh, Michel Gondry, uh, the guy who did Oh Shit, yeah, yeah, Eternal Sunshine and uh, uh, other stuff as well. But that's you know probably what he's best known for. And I think it's mostly kind of I think it's mostly is like his comedy, but like maybe there's a little bit of story mixed in there. Um, But I do believe it is kind of like a comedy stand up film in a way. Uh, I I guess I could be wrong on that, but that's what I remember. And uh, yeah, I've never seen it, but I would be curious to just see what Michel Gondry would bring to it. And uh, I do like Dave Chappelle. So that's, you know, there's that at least, too.
0: No, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like, I, I like Dave Chappelle quite a bit. I certainly watched Chappelle's show here and there when I was younger. Um, but the Michel Gondry uh, element, that's, that's hmm. He's quite the visualist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, he has a background music videos. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're, like, vignettes or something. Um, that could like, be. Like, cut away, like, visual aids to the stories being told. Um, I've seen that done with, like, uh, comedy, like, like stand-up routines and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that connection, so it, it might be worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I'm not for about sure. to purchase it, but it certainly sounds interesting to me. Um, and yeah, that's about it it, it for that week, uh, for me anyway. So I'm just going to skip on down to uh, the next week, April 27th, 2021. And uh, right out the gate, we have a, a handful of uh, 4K discs. Uh, so I guess they're saving them for the end of the month here. <laughs> Uh, we have a Kino uh, version of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on 4K. Um, damn, that's a that's a primo package right there. Uh, yeah. That's a, as one of the most classic uh, spaghetti westerns out there. Brad and I actually talked about westerns and how it's a little bit of a blind spot in both of our uh, respective backgrounds with film. Uh, this is one I have seen. I believe you said you'd seen it as well. hmm um, but this is often regarded as one of the very best spaghetti westerns out there. Uh, certainly worth a rewatch, and it, if the 4K disc is uh, is up to standard, might even be worth a purchase. Honestly, um, I don't need an excuse to check this one out again. And uh, beside that, though, we have a 4K Arrow disc, um, which uh, doesn't really mean anything to me brad but i know it means something to you what what am i alluding to here brad
1: yeah it is donnie darko 4k from Arrow. um which i right now i currently own the i don't know who put it out but just like the bare bones standard edition of donnie darko i never bought the Arrow blu-ray um i held off on that and I, it might finally be time to purchase an upgrade because i have been really in a Richard Kelly. I want to eat Richard. I think it's his name really been in a Richard Kelly mood lately. I mean, especially because I already own Donnie Darko on Blu-ray. If they, put, if they put out the box on 4k instant buy, I have a hankering to revisit that movie. Cause I just, I've only seen it the one time and I am very curious to watch that again. Um, but, yeah, I might pick this one up eventually. Um, I actually haven't dipped into any of the uh, Arrow 4Ks yet, unfortunately. So this is where I need to, you know, get a move on, really. I, I still need to get Tremors, and um, I feel like I've done some other ones, too. But Tremors is the main one that I need to get, and then this one as well.
0: Yeah, if memory serves, uh, you picked up Southland Tales not too long ago as well, so Mm -hmm. also a Richard Kelly film. And uh, famously, uh, you're the only person I know of who's ever brought up uh, S. Darko? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so folks at home, if you're not aware, um, Brad on a previous episode uh, shared the fact that I think he was gifted a uh, a little-known and very seldom-seen sequel to
1: Donnie Darko titled mm-hmm. S Darko yes his, his <laughs> younger sister
0: yes okay so that's uh maybe maybe that's what you need uh you need to pick up the 4k Donnie Darko rewatch that and then crack open S Darko and relive that
1: <laughs> I, I might have to yeah I mean I'll give them credit though like you know even though S Darko is probably trash they did they do still have the uh same actress who played the younger sister. I mean, not that she's like an A-list star. It probably wasn't that hard to get her, but you know, that that's at least a little bit of continuity that I appreciate. So yeah, it might be time soon. Okay.
0: Well, let me know how it goes. I actually have never seen Donnie Darko uh, in 4k or otherwise. And honestly, I feel like i maybe just missed the boat. Like yeah. I'm not in a hurry to check it out because I feel like it was a moment in time that I just unfortunately was not privy to. Um, But yeah, if you do end up checking it out, let me know, because I only own, I think, one Aero disk, and it's not a 4K, so I don't know what their reputation is there. Um, But beside that, we have a uh, 4K release of The Final Countdown from 1980. This is a blue underground disk, and uh, as is the norm, uh, they tend to specialize in crap, oftentimes foreign crap. Uh, As far as I know, I think this wasn't foreign however it is crap (laughs) Uh, it's really it's a really novel concept however i i watched this at some point i couldn't tell you at what point in my life but it's a strange movie from a bygone age so this is this came out in 1980 and essentially what this is is like a procedural of what it's like to be on an aircraft carrier Hmm. Like, like not like, like exciting aircraft carrier life, but just like to be on an aircraft carrier for a few days. (laughs) Like it's, it's shot like an industrial video. Like you just get to see the inner workings and the procedures behind running and maintaining an aircraft carrier. Oh yeah. And there's a plot about fucking time travel involved as well, (laughs) but it's mostly like a logistics movie of just watching aircraft aircraft take off and land on this aircraft carrier. And basically, it's about a modern day aircraft carrier that gets transported to like I think the day Pearl Harbor happened mm-hmm. uh, so it was it december seventh nineteen forty one and uh basically they they uh, it, it's very stale <laughs> in that very little happens because everyone involved in the story is kind of aware of the potential for disaster that you know could occur if they interfere with things in such a manner um but yeah, it's a really stale fucking movie it's yeah. bizarre like, like the it has no pace whatsoever
1: yeah i uh i don't have any blue underground 4ks either um but i there are some actually that they put out that i do want to pick up especially they've announced um they're coming out with uh, what's the name of it, that uh i think it's two evil eyes which is like two stories. I don't is is two different stories in an anthology. I wouldn't call that an anthology like in one movie. I
0: I wouldn't either just because it's two.
1: Yeah, but it's uh, one is directed by Argento and the other is directed by George Romero, um, which just, you know, those two names alone, I'm interested. And they put out the Blu-ray of that a while ago and I almost pulled the trigger. Um, But I think when I was trying to buy it, you could only buy it with like the soundtrack added on like a CD version of this. And so it was like the whole package is like $55. And I was like, I don't want it that bad, but um, that is coming out soon. So I probably will be dipping my toes into the blue of the underground, but I can't say I'm going to be doing it for um, the final countdown, um, which I don't have (laughs) much interest in. (laughs) Yeah. You
0: save your money, Brad. Like like I said, I did, I did watch this out of, some odd form of curiosity at some point and i was bored to tears um but i mean if if you like industrial videos and you're interested in nav- naval aircraft carriers sure maybe it maybe it's worth a look um i i did actually get some kicks out of just watching planes and ships but i was like oh there's a movie i wasn't aware of that <laughs> it's like the story characters what <laughs> um but beside that we have a severin films 4k disc of a uh, santa sangre which is a uh Hodorowsky film uh, not one that i've seen but uh, i actually i haven't seen any of uh, alejandro uh, Hodorowski's movies but uh, i do want to see that documentary about the dune film that never was mm. uh, just because I, I like those stories about unmade films and stuff but uh, we also have a steelbook of dirty dancing on 4k um A pair of Criterion releases, uh, Masculine Feminine from 1966, and uh, that's a Jean-Luc Godard movie. Uh, We also have Irma Vep from 1996. Uh, Not sure what the deal is with this one. Uh, Blu-ray.com is down, folks, just so you're aware. (laughs) 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 Um, And it's down to the point that I'm just going to skip on down because it ain't worth it. Uh, We also have, I don't know how many times I've seen uh, Django uh, get put out by Arrow. Um, I know there are many sequels, but I feel like I've seen this cover art so many times in the past two or three
1: years. I I feel like I had as well. And if Blu-ray.com wasn't down, I could, you know, double check something and make certain. I'm maybe guessing that this is like a standard edition. Because I know like with Tremors 4K, they came out with their like, you know, bigger box set edition and then i guess later they came out with like just a standard 4k case edition maybe that this was what that is i don't know but blu-ray.com is down so i can't check it's <laughs> <laughs> <a> healthy reminder <laughs> um and then uh we have a whole host of uh
0: animal attack movies or uh, eat-em-ups as yeah. uh, brad has coined them the uh we have deep deep blood 1990 which uh the cover art would not would not make me think 1990. I would have thought like 1970s, but mm-hmm. deep blood. Uh, and it appears to be foreign, although based on the romanization of the the characters there, I have no idea what country it's from. Uh, we also have Grizzly from 1976, uh, and I guess they did it in reverse order. They were so excited to get Grizzly 2 out on a disc that they, they just skipped to the sequel and then got around to putting out the first one cool i have i actually have some decent memories of this one i Mm. might actually pick this up because i I like bear attack movies there's so few of them
1: yeah they're precious (laughs) i've actually heard the first one because i've never seen it but i've heard it's actually halfway decent like it's a pretty decent you know animal attack bear movie um certainly nowhere near as bad as the second which uh wow
0: um (laughs) i haven't seen it myself but folks at home if you're curious look it up it's a it's like a recently restored film that uh has some curious cast members some there's some novelty factor in the form of who's involved with the production but it's apparently a complete fucking mess
1: (laughs) i i had no idea because i watched a review of it i had no idea that the restoration was basically just stock footage added in um i mean it's 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 horrendous I mean, there there are other examples
0: I can think of that are probably equally as bad, like uh, the theatrical cut of Game of Death. Um, they had people wearing literal cardboard cutouts of Bruce Lee's face uh, to fill in the scenes that he wasn't alive to, you know, complete. Um, that's pretty fucking
1: embarrassing. <laughs> See, I, I think I might like that better, though, because I bet you at least it was like visually... Similar because they, you know, they're actually shot their own footage of that. This, like, the stock footage is like clearly stock footage from 2018 mixed in with film from, you know, a a film from the 70s or 80s or whatever when it was came out. But
0: did you ever see the 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 Richard Donner cut of Superman two?
1: I never have. Now,
0: I I I own it. um, Although I have mixed feelings about, it to be honest, because I do like that it has a more consistent tone. Uh, than the richard lester cut of that film and i'd, I'd really do like superman too uh, both versions of it but it's one of those situations where i've run into this a few times with movies where i feel like no truly perfect version of the film exists you have to like combine multiple versions of it to to meet it halfway and get the best like godzilla 1984 and 85 for instance the 85 is the american cut Um, it does certain things that are slightly more effective than the Japanese cut and if you were to stitch the good parts in from like into the Japanese cut I think you'd get the best version similar case with Superman 2 where a lot of the additional stuff that they added to the film are even worse than stock footage honestly where they take like contemporary CGI effects (laughs) but done by like Richard Donner's nephew or something on a weekend uh, on like for an allowance payment or something it looks like ass and it sticks out like a sore thumb it is not a seamless integration but you know it's it's in service to trying to put together the the film that the the man envisioned before he was kicked off the project but mm-hmm. anyway I, I actually might pick up grizzly because i i think i i think i remember my dad renting this from the fucking library um around the time i was obsessed with jaws and i i seem to remember enjoying it um quick brad uh, I don't know if you have any background with bear attack movies, but do you have a favorite bear
1: attack in cinema? Oh, um, I don't. The only two examples I can think of, one of them I haven't even seen, uh, what is it? The Edge with Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins. I haven't seen that. And then, uh, I know the Revenant is a good recent example. Um, those are the only two that jump to the top of my head.
0: Okay. I mean, like I said, bear attack movies are, are, they're kind of rare actually and it's probably because you know training fucking bears is probably a little hard (laughs) although in the case of the revenant you know they it was done with cgi as far as i understand um very very good bear attack though um the edge is fantastic for a long time i did think of it as maybe my favorite yeah Um, actually that was one of the earliest episodes of catching up on cinema Mm uh was the edge we had a fun time with that one yeah there's a movie called uh i think it's just prophecy not The Prophecy, but it's about a mutant bear, and it has this infamous sleeping bag scene where it's kind of akin to the Jason Voorhees, like the classic sleeping bag kill, the The cane hotter slapping the, the gal in the sleeping bag against the tree. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen the extended cut of that take, it's juicy because <laughs> it wasn't just one whack. <laughs> yeah. He went to town on that lady. But um, Prophecy has a very similar sequence, although it's a giant mutant bear instead of Jason Voorhees. And it's just this sleeping bag getting flung against a tree at fucking Mach 5, and it explodes into, into gore and feathers. It's it's phenomenal.
1: I just You've th- probably heard of it, Brad. I just thought of a movie that was... There was a bear... Oh, uh, I saw a movie called Backcountry, um, where there's uh, I feel like I didn't really like the movie that much, but for some reason I do remember there's a scene where the bear is like getting into her tent. And I think I remember liking that scene. I don't know why I didn't <laughs> like the movie though. I've got to revisit it. Cause I don't well, know what's it, going on.
0: It's probably, you know, a slightly low budget creature feature. Although if, if it's the same back country, like I, for some reason I have this image in my head of the cover art. And I want to say it's like James Marsden or something. Like if, if it's the same movie I'm thinking of it, like it has some actors in it. Um, but, you know, it's probably a case where they, you know, they didn't have the budget to like pace out a good movie. So it's just like we have a couple of cool instances of bare action. And then the rest of the time, it's just like, well, we showed up to the, you know, the woods with half a script. And uh, y'all are just going to have to riff and then we'll edit around it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I do remember it, w- it was very bloody at, uh, at times. I do remember that. So, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, I only give it a two out of five, but so I must not have liked it that much. But it's an Eatem Up, two out of five is phenomenal. Fair, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I've I would check that out. I'll yeah, have to for put sure. That on my watch list. Yeah, yeah. Backcountry, gotcha. Uh, and speaking of uh, Eatem Ups, we also have Day of the Animals from 1977, and uh, this is also a Severin Films release. And uh I haven't seen this one, although I've seen some clips from it. It also looks like fun, although probably not as fun as some of the other ones we've mentioned. Uh, We also have Werewolves on Wheels from 1971. I am sold. I don't need to know any more than the title. (laughs) And the Captain America font is a little bit of a bonus. Um but I'll I'll kick it to you, Brad. Uh, what what else jumps out at you here? All
1: right. Well, I'm going a little off uh, off road on this one. I hope you don't mind. Um, Go for it. So this uh, the way back. We're going. We're we're a little too far back with this because Bleacher is down, um, and Vinegar Syndrome has uh, some titles coming out at the end of this month, and those titles were not announced until the very start of the month. Um, so those titles, which are not pictured here include uh all american murder with uh christopher walken and they actually got his likeness for the cover which is pretty surprising it's pretty cool um let me see hang on i'm, I'm getting these off of their website here uh we have the seller grave secrets and the one that i'm very excited for is called homegrown horrors volume one it is three basically like regionally made horror films i don't think it's like extremely low budget like not like micro budget regional horror but i think you know obviously it's low budget but um first of all the the cover art is amazing and the the art on each of the individual discs looks awesome as well and reading the synopses of these few films here I actually think they sound quite interesting. I have to be honest. Um, The one is called Beyond Dream's Door. Then we have Winter Beast and Fatal Exam. Um, Obviously, you know, they're not going to be amazing films, but there's actually a lot of bonus features on here. Like this package looks awesome. I'm pretty hyped for this. I think I will be picking this up. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one.
0: No, uh, thank you so much for uh, spotlighting these, Brad. Because yeah, um, Blu-ray.com is down, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and these are not listed on our Wayback Machine version of the website. Um, and yeah, this uh, Homegrown Horrors Volume One—that's promising, by the way. That's mm-hmm. a Volume One, uh, so virtually guarantees that there will be a Volume Two. Um, I know only one of these, and that would be Winter Beast. Okay. Um, as far as I recall, this was a uh, like a an insanely long project or something where it involved a lot of stop motion animation for the creature effects. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I mean, I love me some stop motion. So I've known this film by reputation. I've seen a few clips here and there. Um, never in a million years would I've expected it to come out on Blu-ray, uh, let alone a VHS tape or something. Uh, so that one, uh, for sure, I have some measure of hype for the other ones I can't speak to, but, um, yeah, all of these actually seem to have something going for them. And and some of those other releases you mentioned, too, uh, the Christopher Walken one in particular, the, uh, the back cover for that, that is, is a pretty good, fucking yeah. metal. I agree. <laughs> that kind of sold
1: me on it as well. That back cover image is pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it's weird because uh, Vinegar Syndrome announced their May titles before these, because that's their like halfway to Black Friday month. So they really were like hyping it up and they're uh, coming out with six string samurai in May on 4k, which I guess is a pretty big deal to some people, but I got to say these April titles, I think blow their May releases out of the water. I'm very excited for that homegrown horrors, uh, the Christopher Walken one, even the seller. I was looking at some of the images looks pretty fun, like kind of a cool creature, Feature in a seller sort of thing um so i don't know how many of those i will pick up but every time i go on vinegar syndrome's website and uh you can buy all their april releases their april package it's t- it is tempting it is tempting because i'm like well i'm already maybe gonna get two of them for sure if oh boy if i'm gonna get three i might as well get the fourth and then i might as well get the package save that must but i haven't gotten there yet i haven't gotten there yet
0: all right, well, if you end up getting that collection, uh, let me know how Winter Beast turns out because, like I said, that's the only one I know much of anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shifting back to the uh, Wayback Machine version <laughs> of Blu-ray.com, um, I'm not really seeing anything else that jumps out at me. Um, we do have a Kirk Douglas and Eli Wallach film from 1968 called A Lovely Way to Die, which has a cool like James Bondian kind of cover to it um i do like me some kirk douglas and eli wallach's a nice bonus Mm -hmm. um we also have an arrow release of elvira mistress of the dark however i believe that's just a reprinting Um, i think that came out like last month or something i think so that's a fun one I, i think i caught that on like joe bob briggs's like tnt show when i was very young good times um But yeah, that's unfortunately about it for the month of April, Uh, but I'm very glad that you brought up those Vinegar Syndrome releases because, like I said, this is kind of a thin month for the most part, but um, as we tend to do as we're wrapping up one of these uh, Catching Up on Blu-ray episodes, uh, we're just going to do a little wrap-up and point out anything that we might be interested in purchasing. So I'll give uh, Brad the luxury of being able to collect his thoughts, and I'll just work my way back through the catalog and cite some of the ones that jumped at me like i said i might pick up grizzly that's a big maybe though the good and the bad and the ugly i i don't know if it's worth a purchase for me personally um but it's certainly worth a rewatch. Uh, that much is true um memories of murder the bong joon ho film from 2003 i'm not about to purchase it but now that's on my radar again definitely gotta check that out uh Space Balls, the Flame Troa, I love you, but uh not sure I'm gonna be purchasing you on four K. Uh, generally the idea of purchasing a comedy on four K just seems like a waste if you <laughs> ask me, but that's just me though. Um Yeah, this might this very well be may be a month where I don't purchase a, a new Blu ray. How like, I I really I really I really can't point to anything that really gets me excited other than the idea of bear attacks um but like like brad had pointed out there are other bear attack movies that I haven't seen so maybe my time is better spent watching those um but how about you brad uh, what you got
1: um let me see here uh, spaceballs and quick change are i'm on the edge of those like if i go into Best Buy and they do have space balls 4k on the shelf I would pick it up but Don't know if I'm going to order it, especially not right away. So those are just kind of maybes for me. Um, Let's see what else. Memories of Murder, I will be getting, but in the next Criterion sale. So there'll be a little bit of a wait for that one. Um, And then I think uh, I will for for sure be getting the Homegrown Horror set. I think that is the only guarantee of this uh, month, although... I don't know if I should just wait for the uh, halfway to Black Friday sale on that one or not, but uh, first I don't know. I think just everything with that release, I'm I haven't been this hyped for a release in quite a while. Like I just the cover art, the description of the films, the bonus features it's all hitting the right boxes for me, so I'm pretty excited.
0: Okay, well, definitely save the best for last for you then. Uh, like I said, let me know. Uh, if and when you pick it up i'm very curious how winter beast turns out but yeah yeah that's about it for the month of april 2021 as far as blu-rays go but um before we say goodbye um brad Thanks again for joining me, uh, covering all these releases, which is a lot more fun than doing it solo, I'll tell you that much. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you care to let the folks at home know where they can find you and your podcast?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, Thanks again for having me, by the way. Um, always glad to be back. Um, you can find my show. It's the Cinema Speak Podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for us there. Uh, on Twitter, it's at TheCinemaSpeak if you want to follow us. Or we're on Instagram, Cinema Speak Podcast is where you can find us there. And then online, just look up cinemaspeak.libsyn.com.
0: Very nice. Thanks for that, Brad. Um, but if you would like to catch up on any of our Catching Up on Cinema content, um, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, we also have a couple of social media accounts in the form of an Instagram at catching up on cinema, as well as a Twitter at catching cinema. So feel free to hit me up at either of those. Uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine, including cephalopod. Uh, so fucking Google it. Now, but that being said, thank you so much for joining us for another Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. and We will catch you next time.